been a few weeks, but we're back. Episode number four of the Let's Testify podcast, and our guest is Pastor Scott Phillips. Come on in, everybody. Let's testify. All right. Thanks, everybody, again for listening to the Let's Testify podcast. I'm here with my friend, Pastor Scott Phillips, Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church, Clinton, Mississippi. Uh, Pastor Phillips, thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here. I count it an honor to get to testify what the Lord has done for me. Absolutely. That is wonderful. And I'm sure you have excellent testimonies. You're a great preacher, um, a good friend of mine. And one thing that I've I've share with someone and I don't remember who it was maybe in a while ago about about you mm. I said one thing I know notice about Pastor Scott is that he is uh, a man who loves the word of God who has a uh, a deep understanding of some of the things that some may not necessarily go as far into but uh-huh. you have us you, you seem to have a love for getting beneath that initial oh, yeah. layer of oh the I word. do it's my some people hunt some people fish I think and <laughs> meditate on the word of god it's my favorite thing to to do i love it absolutely so let's let's jump into it man let's let's talk about first introduce the audience to who you are okay you know, my name's you come into my name's scott phillips i was born in october of 1969 in parkland hospital in dallas texas i was born to a a man who was raised church of christ who married a backslidden pentecostal girl and uh, they got divorced when I was two months old, and the Lord got a hold of my dad. And uh, though he was drinking and drugging, the Lord got him, brought him into the church, and he prayed for the Lord to restore his mind and his family and told the Lord, Lord, if you will restore my family and restore my mind, I will not miss a church service. And so he made a promise to God, but I was a direct beneficiary of his covenant. And so I know what I know. I have what I have. I've been blessed as I have been blessed because I had a father that kept his promise to God that brought him out of trouble. Mm. How important is that, Scott? Because in, in our society, especially in now current day society, in comparison to, you know, maybe 40, 50 years ago, right. men are more absent from the families right. than they've been probably at any time in, in the history of, of the world. Yeah, well, you know, if you look, you look at, uh, you know, it almost looks like the devil has a plan, and a lot of people have fallen under the spell, the darkness, the deception, the idea uh, that there is no consequence to sex, and so a lot of times when people have sex, they are not having sex to say, I love this person, and I am, they are part of my life, and I know, in fact, I pray I have a child. Mm. But now people are so promiscuous and have become as animals, if you will, and they're just they're just having sex with anything that will let them. That's right. And they are making themselves available, and and there is no idea that hey, there's a child going to be involved, and and I think that a lot of it is, uh, you know, there, it, 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 our culture feeds the base instincts of both the man and the woman. The man uh, wants free sex, and a woman uh, may pre- be de- predisposed not to have to deal with a, a man. And so they kind of get what they want. She gets a child, but she didn't have any responsibility, no need to submit, no need to get on the same page. And so what is created uh, are generations of children that they're not just blessed with the covenant of their father and mother, they're cursed mm. because of their father and mother. Mm. Granted, the Lord, the Lord saves people. My dad, his father deserted him when he was a child. In fact, my dad did not meet his father till I was five years old, and so my father was eventually adopted, and uh, and it was not a good situation. His stepfather was a drunk, and anyway, bad, bad situation, but. So he was raised without a father, without a father's love. But when when the Holy Ghost got a hold of my dad, the curse was broke. Hmm. And so though he didn't have a loving father, he, through the gift of God, 
is is a very affirming, encouraging, loving father who had a covenant with God, and the curse was broke. Uh, my 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 kids uh, got me a DNA test because I have I always said, and it's true, my great my great grandfather was from Punjab, India. He was in line to be uh, what is a Maharaja. Mm like a regional king in India. Wow. Well, his uncle got mad at him and disinherited him, so he ended up going to England, married an English woman, came to America. His son got involved in the mob. And my 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 grandmother on my dad's side was a... My perception was not a virtuous woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father was, Ray, was born into a less-than-ideal situation. He left. And uh, but you know my dad talks about how he was so hurt and uh, I felt so uh, troubled because he didn't have a father, didn't know a father's love. But when God saved my dad, he broke the curse. And mm-hmm. I truly believe you know there are people out there just feel hopeless because they don't have you know this is perfect world. But you know when you get the Holy Ghost, the Lord gives you an invitation, an opportunity to you can start where you are. And, and you can, the blessing begins when you make a covenant Absolutely. and walk in covenant with God. Brother Scott, I was having this conversation earlier on my job with some of my coworkers, with one of my coworkers. And um, she had taken one of those uh, personality tests, uh-huh. you know, that sort of kind of let you know, you know what are your uh, tendis, tendency, uh, tendencies right. and, and, you know, what are your proclivities. And, and I said to her, I said to her, you know, those tests, I understand, you know, they, they may have some good qualities, but one thing that they cannot do is project forward uh, what, um, what your life would be or could be. Right. I said, because there is some things that can happen in our lives that can produce a radical change Absol- immediately. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, I, I've heard it said, and I think I agree that Jesus had all this, if you just analyze his personality, he had all the strengths and none of the weaknesses. Hmm. And the longer we live for God and allow our allow him to transform our lives, our weaknesses become less prominent and our strengths become more magnified. Yeah. We'll always, go, on this side of heaven, we're going to have weaknesses. Absolutely. But, you know, just because uh, our nature is to be deceptive doesn't mean yeah. we have to be a liar. Yeah. The Holy Ghost works in this. I mean, we're prone. We, you know, the works of the flesh are these, yeah. and we all have different proclivities to different works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But it is the fruit of the Spirit that gives us the the liberty to live according to the the Spirit of the, the Spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That law that's in us, Paul talks about in Romans 7. You know, when I would do good, evil's present with me. I look at it as the bankruptcy chapter. It explains how wicked our flesh is. But don't stop in chapter 7, bankruptcy. Move into chapter 8, restoration. Uh, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who, qualifier, Walk not, not after, after the flesh, flesh but after, after the, the spirit. spirit. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made, made me, me free, free from the law of sin and death. So, uh, you know, I, I see in my own backstory, uh, you know, that DNA test came back. I had like 15% East Asian, uh, 3% West Asian. <laughs> I had I had Irish and English, and you know their historic amnesty, right? Mm-hmm. I had German and Jew, you know, their historical enmity. I had, I even had West African. And uh, I mean, I just literally, I'm a walking multicultural conference. And I understand why I have so much strife inside of myself because I've got all these various cultures, if you will, streaming through my bloodstream. But the greatest quality that I have in my life is the blood of Jesus. Mm. He, he, he brings, he breaks the enmity wow. and calls us to have personal peace and we can be in unity no matter what our situation is. Absolutely. You know, you that's meet amazing. someone, you know, in the store or somewhere and you know, they got the Holy ghost. You're yeah. like, who that's my brother right there. Yeah. That's my sister right there. <laughs> Cause we have that 
that we've been baptized by that same spirit, mm. been washed by that same. I feel like preaching. Come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> we've on. been washed by that same blood. We've got that same name. We believe in that same word. And when we get to talking about what our f- common faith, all that other stuff, yeah. it, it melts away. It melts away. It's amazing how the Bible says, I believe in the book of Ephesians from the two, that's the Gentile and the Jew, he wanted to just bring together and make one. Amen. And there's now no condemnation yes, to yes. them that are in Christ Jesus. No difference, no male, no female, right. no Jew, no Gentile, no right. any of that. Right. Um, it's it's it it is important, I think, to make that note as you just made it, even in our modern day society, because right. the separation and the enmity, um, not just among race in terms of black or white or other races, but even in so other societal infrastructure such as the political infrastructure. Oh, yes. I mean, there's never been. A, I don't think there's ever been a time where there's so much hate in. Well, our media is bent on it. I really think, you know, whoever the puppet masters are, they want us to hate each other. Mm. And they're very good at it. I mean, you look at what they've done. It's unbelievable what, you know, if it's it, the music, the movies, the yeah. uh, uh, the, yeah. the news, the political parties. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, if you look at what we've been through the past few years, I mean, all of a sudden, there's been a little lifting of the curtain, and there's all these, you know, manipulators. You know, yeah. you got disinformation. Yeah. You, you got uh, misinformation. Yes, it yeah. turns out the people that were pumping it all out, uh, they're they're the ones causing all yes, this yeah. trouble. And uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, just to finish my my personal narrative, I, I I was raised in the church. My earliest memories were in the church house. Uh, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I was six years old. I remember it. Uh, if the building still was there, I could take you to the place. And, uh, uh, you know, kept going to church. I uh, received the call to preach when I was 12. Uh, long, fast forward, about 20 years old, I finally fully accepted my call. I moved to Jackson, Mississippi, and I met my wife, who is... Uh, she is an example of God's grace in my life, and uh, she has been. We've been married 31 years uh, this month, the 11th of July, 2023, and uh, I have three sons, 26, 23, and 20. Uh, Keaton, Nate, and Noah, they're all men, and uh, two of them are married. I had my first grandchild the other day. Oh wow! And uh, I've been pastoring here in this city uh, for 20 years. In uh, it's 20 years in this coming January, I've been pastoring a total of uh, 25 years this year. Next year will be 26 years. Wow. So uh, uh, it's amazing how it, you know how fast life comes at you. Yeah. It's good to know that that you got God that's been riding with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, man, this is going to be good because you know from from six years old to now Mm -hmm. and then having pastored in this city for as you said more than 20 years Mm -hmm. this is let's testify right and what we want to do is give audience to those that will share the goodness of god yes with our listeners and just talk about some of those amazing things that god has done and i know that you have many experiences you can share with us so why don't you share with us uh, something well it's it's my firm conviction that if a person is a person of prayer Miracles become mundane. Mm. We pray on Sunday, the Lord answers on Monday, and we're like, oh, that's really cool. I prayed about that. (laughs) You know, you pray about this, and the Lord works it out. And we become so accustomed to the Lord working in our life that it's almost, oh, that's really cool. But we fail to appreciate that there are people that don't know what it's like to know, you know what, the Lord's going to help me through this. You know, you know, there's a scripture that says, tribulation worketh patience, yeah. and patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope making not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I, I say that that's a scripture that a young person can't really appreciate. Mm. But as you grow, tribulation worketh patience. What's that mean? 
it means let's let's say that you know you, you're you're up against the wall and you have a bill you can't pay and mm-hmm. you have no way to do it, and the Lord makes a way. Oh, praise God! <laughs> so the next time that happens, well, last time I was here, I prayed. You pray again, and <laughs> the Lord makes a way. Well, about the twentieth time, a bill comes up that you don't know how you're going to pay. You're not near as worried because I've been here before. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that the thing is that one of the greatest blessings that people miss out on on being hit and miss believers, they only, oh, God, help me. They're, they're, the, they're the FEMA Christian. Mm. They only call on God when the hurricane blew their house away. And so God comes in there and helps them get their house back together, helps them get a job, helps them get some peace, and, and you won't see them again until the next hurricane comes. And they're just, you know, they never can build any solidity, no uh, stay standing with God. They're just uh, you know, wishy-washy because mm-hmm. they don't understand. They're, the, the blessing that's bigger than God saving you out of trouble is to live through trouble and see what God saved you from experiencing because you were living for God. And so I think one of the greatest testimonies I have is just the confidence. Whatever I face, I know God has got this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, why is it that Job didn't curse God? Job knew God. Now, we see him questioning. We see ourselves in the story of Job. But Job, you know, I've heard it say, you know, you've heard this say, what come first, the chicken or the egg? Well, in the reference to Job, what happened first with Job? Was Job righteous? And then that, 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 that lot, uh, Job that prayed and interceded, I believe it was the righteous life of Job that built the hedge. Mm. The hedge didn't come that produced the Job. Job and his life of prayer, understanding the wickedness of flesh, having a, an idea of serving God, that built a hedge. And he was better than me because he's perfect. Mm. I mean, he was. That means he was constantly pursuing God. He he feared God and he eschewed evil. Yeah. So that that doesn't mean he was. He wasn't. He, that doesn't mean he was perfect. Like I'm thinking, you know, like you know, no. Without but it flaw, means it means no that he was constantly trying to do what's right. That's righteousness. The difference in the righteous and the wicked isn't the lack of failure. It is that when we fall, we get back up. That's you it. you can't keep a good man down. You know, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Yes. A righteous man falls six times, seven times, but we'll get back up. And I think it is that spirit of righteousness when we just get fully committed to God. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we are pursuing we're pursuing Jesus. That's it. And Jesus picks us up every time we fall down. That's the same, that's the exact same understanding that I have of perfection that I share with a person. Um, my nephew, actually, I believe, maybe a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and I was explaining to him from from the passage that Paul um, shared dealing with uh, those things that, um, what, what did he say? I, I count not myself to have attained but this one, thing, this one I thing, do. thing I do, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind, yeah. looking forward to those things which are ahead. Yeah. I press, press. toward yes. the mark. Yes. And I thought about that because the Bible says we mark the perfect man. Yeah. And, and that's, course, that, that's you know. that, that in my mind, that is, that is, that is perfection in yeah. that we're pursuing, pursuing, it. pressing. Toward. I heard someone say about America, and it, you know it, that there was a the, you know lots of people hate America because America's imperfect. And I heard someone say uh, America has principles, though they fall short of it. They're still the per, they're still the principle they're pursuing. Whereas you know uh, Russia has no. No principle. China has no principle. (laughs) Venezuela has no principle. But America has principles. And I think think ultimately as believers, saying that you're a saint, that we're called to be saints, God wants me to be a saint, uh, I I think that that that, that gives us kind of an embrace. You know, I think people want to call themselves Christians. Mm. But we never read where anyone called themselves a Christian. Mm -mm. Other people called themselves Christians. Yeah. The church people in the Bible called themselves saints. saints. So we, I, I really think people calling themselves Christian is a cop-out. Mm. You need to let somebody else call you a Christian. What you need to pursue is, I am called to be a saint. Wow. What does that mean? Work it out. Pray it out. <laughs> Read it out. I mean, you, you, it's a pursuit. It's a spirit. And I, I really think 
that you know in 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 the area of testimony i think one of the things is i believe the longer you live for god there it comes a confidence that whatever we face mm-hmm. we can go to god in prayer yeah and if he doesn't deliver us from it he is able to give us strength through, through it, it. Yeah. it's like the 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 three hebrew children we are not careful to answer the O Nebuchadnezzar. We are fully confident that God is able to deliver us. But even, even if, if not, we will not bow. That's it. And so there is a conviction that, you know, we all gonna die sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven. No one want, no one's in a hurry, right? And so, you know, we may get a diagnosis, and none of us want a bad diagnosis. Yeah. But I, some of the best people I have ever known in my life have died of terminal diseases. Mm. I mean, some of the best people. And I would say, Lord, are you going to heal anybody? I mean, I've seen the Lord heal sorry folk. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, they just walk in the church. You know, they drunk high, working at the gentleman's club. And Jesus loves them. Right. But I think sometimes the Lord will just do something incredible, miraculous, to say, hey, I do love you. Right. And he does miracles in their life. And they'll go back out. And it's almost like the Lord didn't do anything for them. And you're like, Lord, why would you do a miracle for them? I mean, I, because if you could do a miracle for them, why didn't you hear, why exactly. didn't you hear heal Sister Tammy? Sister Tammy died, and, and she was virtuous. <laughs> and you got this, and, and I, I know this could say, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's the goodness and severity of the Lord. The Lord, if someone's coming toward him, <laughs> <laughs> what he will do is amazing. But sometimes faithful saints, you know, they, they find themselves in the Paul dilemma. I sought the Lord three times. I had a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. And the Lord didn't heal him. What did the Lord say? In your weakness, I am made strong. My grace is sufficient. None of us want to hear that. But doesn't that doesn't that serve the purpose of building the faith? It's like a parent. Mm. You know, when the when when the child is small, when you have a baby, of course, every time they scream, every time they holler, you run into them, you're trying to deal with them. But as they grow older, right, you allow those screams to, to go a little bit longer because right. you want them to start to figure things out and right. and develop in their strength. Right. right. Is that sort of kind of what you think God does with us as well? Well, I don't I think that we God doesn't judge things like we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we view, we have a paradigm where we view blessings as the best. <laughs> and we view hard times as the worst. Mm-hmm. But I believe that sometimes in God's equations, sometimes the best things that happen to us are the worst. Hmm. And sometimes the worst thing that happens to us are the best. Wow. Because trouble, what makes us pray? Trouble. trouble. Yeah. What makes us forget God? Good times. Quote, unquote, blessings. Blessings. I mean, I truly believe that sometimes people shout because they got approved for a new car. Oh, mm-hmm. the Lord bless me. But, but baby, you have to pay for that <laughs> come wintertime. And, and and you don't get as many hours. Right. Now, now I don't think the Lord, I really don't believe the Lord really cares what kind of car you drive. Right. And I do believe the Lord does bless us. I live a very, compared yeah. to how I was raised, yeah. I live very, a very prosperous life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm very thankful. But, uh, you know, what does the scripture say? You know, those that say gain is godliness mm-hmm. f- from such, you know, flee, turn mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what about the Chinese Christian that's being uh, persecuted, and 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 they just have rice and water? Yeah, are they not blessed? Wow, they they blessed. And truth of the matter is, I I believe materialism in America is probably the greatest wickedness that we we face. If you you know uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, dear Lord, that we live in in the mm. days of mm-hmm. Sodom and mm-hmm. Gomorrah, right? But in Ezekiel, and we know there was physical perversion like what we have today. Yeah. But in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about the sin of Sodom. In the sin of Sodom, it said they were fullness of bread, idleness of time. There's a third one. But essentially, it was prosperity. Yeah. The prosperity of Sodom means they had time. 
they had too much time on their hands. Wow. They, they, had, they had too much affluence. You look at Hollywood. Hollywood is Sodom. Yeah. And you see some of the most wealthy, prosperous people. They are the most wicked people and the most unhappy people. And I think sometimes people can say, oh, man, if I could just make a million bucks. The scripture says that those that have coveted after riches, they are pierced through with many Sorrow. sorrows. Right. Now, I'm I, I'm not praying, Lord, take my house, take my car, because I want to be blessed. Right. right. None of us are going to do that. The Lord knows what we have need of, and he knows what we can be saved with. But I think that we must pray about every decision we make to say, Lord, I really, if it's your will and I can be saved, mm-hmm. I want this. But Lord, I have something I pray. Lord, I want everything you have for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want nothing. <laughs> I don't I don't want nothing that you ha- don't have for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to covet for anything that God does not have for me. How do you, so that's a good point. Um, Brother Scott, but it's, it's, it has to come, it, it seems like it's very difficult, especially in our society. Oh, yes. You know, where, because what I, what I mean by that is not just the, you know, the, the cultural society. I'm talking about the church culture. I'm talking about the, Everybody. the body of it's, Christ. Well, the church is in the world. Yes. So yes. the world is in the church. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So we're, we're very effective. I mean, we are, yeah. we're, we're fish in the water. Yeah. So we are, we are a product of our environment. And the pastors, the preachers, those who whom the, the the lay members and the saints just see, mm-hmm. this is what they preach. Mm-hmm. This is what they they say. You know, there there's you know you know about the the prosperity movements oh, and yeah. the the uber faith movement. You're mm-hmm. not blessed if you're not rich. Yeah. But then there's another layer that's beneath that, but that's close to it. Yeah. Where well, it, 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 it there's a paradox in all of the truth. Yeah. I mean, Abraham was a very prosperous man. Yeah. Job was a very prosperous yeah. man. Yeah. We know that there, the Lord does give favor, Obed-Edom, yeah. uh, uh, Solomon. There, there, there is a, there is a, there is a paradox uh, in the Scripture that the Lord does bless in material ways, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so does the devil, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the challenge is, is we have to. You know, we live in such a, you know, like I was telling someone, you know, I grew up in an apostolic church mm-hmm. and we had, we had real revival back in the day. I mean, we started <laughs> on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday Thursday night, night, Friday night, maybe Saturday. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that, I don't know that anybody could do that today if people in the church have a job. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because here's the deal. And I think the reason why it worked for back then is because my mother didn't work. Okay. So my dad worked all day long. But my mom would have the kids washed. She'd have dinner on the table. Dad comes home, takes a shower, eats food. We walk out the door. We get to church. Today, mama gets home. Daddy gets home. There's no food. Kids aren't clean. And you just get home at 6. Right. And you have you have 30 minutes. If we're talking about a weeknight, you got 30 minutes to get yourself together, get your kids together, and you need to feed the kids. Right. And so, I mean, it's almost logistically impossible, and and it's because we all have bought into the idea that you gotta have seven thousand dollars a month to 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 pay the bills. What do we get for those bills? You know, back then we didn't have full speed internet. I mean, I pay a hundred bucks a month for my full speed internet. I have, I have a cell phone. My wife has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. My kids have had cell phones. You know, you've got all of these. I mean, how many monthly fees are in there? And then right. you have insurance, you got two cars and maybe two car payments. You got a house payment. You got a big house payment. You got, you got all this stuff. And so we, we have really bought in to our culture. Mm. And so we, we find ourselves a was the cares of this life. It's the deceitfulness of riches mm-hmm. and the cares of this life. I think most believers today, they are the thorny seed. Wow. What is the wow. thorny seed? It's not dead. It just has no fruit. Why? Deceitfulness of riches Choking. and the cares of this life. What happens? The deceitfulness of riches. Man, if I get this, this is going to be the thing. And you get that, and then you got to pay that note. <laughs> and so it is this this cycle that pulls us in, and uh, how do you? Well, how uh, do you? How do you balance it? Uh, 
I, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't, I think every person has to really seek God mm-hmm. in the decisions they make. The challenge is, let's all be honest, we've all bought cars and we didn't pray about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say we've all bought houses yeah. and didn't pray about it. We've we've made plans for vacation and didn't play. Now the Lord doesn't just leave us like cuz you know you big dummy. I'm going <laughs> to lock you in the you know the Lord, he is so gracious and kind and he doesn't slap us upside the head, but we have to live with our decisions. Mm. And I think that's to me that's the greatest challenge in the modern apostolic church is we live in a culture of such materialism that if we lived with the I I believe the Lord would bless us. Hmm. I really believe if you put the Lord first, the Lord has a way of multiplying stuff. Yeah. He really can. I mean, favor isn't fair. Seek ye first. The and you put God first yeah. and you try to get your life and your situation in order. I mean, we all we we all have, you know, scrambled. But I, I think the bottom line is, uh, you know, I mean, uh, how do you fix it? I, I don't know. I don't know because I, I, I see the I've, I've made plenty of decisions that I had to pay for in time. Yeah. And um, the Lord's very gracious. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen the Lord, you know, I've seen the Lord provide. I've seen the Lord bless I've seen so many things for myself. I pray for people that I pastor, uh, and I've seen the Lord do some amazing things. And I really think that in the midst of this materialistic world, I believe we can get our 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 house in order. Mm-hmm. We can get our priorities in order, and uh, the Lord can can help us raise our children. The fear and the admonition of the Lord. We can be faithful to the house of God. We can do whatever it is the Lord gives us to do. Let me ask you this. Let's let's and this may be switching gears just a bit. Um you you mentioned some of the wonderful things that you've seen even as a pastor, praying right. for the saints right. that attend here. What would you describe? What would you describe as the most memorable or indelible experience that you've had with God, and that may take some a moment to think. But what can what so can you many? Think of? I mean, I'm 53. Like, yeah, oh, I'll tell you something that happened just the other day. Camp meeting was this past week on the yeah, yeah. Mississippi campground, and uh, so it's a friend of mine. I mean, I, I mean, but I, I, I after you know after the preaching, you know, in a, a spirit filled church, people pray for one another. Yeah. and I'm a pastor. And, uh, but in that environment, I'm just a believer, you know, I want to be a blessing. I don't know anybody. I don't mean a lot of people I don't know. Right. And so I often would just pray for whoever I feel led. And I noticed a man, uh, he had, uh, you know, kind of long hair, kind of scraggly beard, he had big old uh, plugs in his ears. So he's obviously not an apostolic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I could, he had his head bowed. He had his eyes closed. And I felt the Lord prompt me to go pray for him. And so I walked over, and the Lord just kind of, you know how the Lord does that. I felt led to ask him, and I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, do you believe in God? And he looked up at me. I said, do you believe in God? He said, he shook his head, yes. I said, do you know how to pray? He said, no. I said, okay, so, so what I want you to do, I want you to pray what you hear me say. And so I just started leading him in prayer, and and you could tell tears were start coming down his eyes, and and his mouth started, you know, you could see those stammering lips. I said, I want you to just talk to God like He's here, and I don't want you to stop. If you start feeling something spiritual, I want you to just keep praying. And he did, and the the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost, My and God. an amazing. Jeez. And when it happened, I'm telling you, I've prayed with. I, I don't want to exaggerate, but a lot of people I've prayed for and seen them get the Holy Ghost and been there when somebody's gotten the Holy Ghost. But I felt something really special when this man got the Holy Ghost. So he's, and when he when it happens, there's like people all around us are just like freaking out. I'm like, oh. Hmm. So this guy taps me on the shoulder. He said, that's my brother. He's been an atheist his whole life. Wow. And he said, he said, this is the first time to be here. My God. And he got the Holy Ghost. 
So God. obviously he, the Lord been dealing with dealing him. Dealing with him, yeah. So his fiance is right there, and I uh, find out she doesn't have the Holy Ghost. So the next night I'm looking for him, yeah. and I see him back there, and he's there, and he's you know it's kind of the same way, kind of got his head bowed and stuff, and I like you need to do that again. So I prayed with him and he starts speaking in tongues again. And I'd start praying with her and same thing. I do, you know how to pray not really. And so I just tell her, and I mean, just like that, she received the baptism of the Holy ghost. And in my mind, as a believer, that is the greatest miracle. That is the greatest miracle. It, that's the greatest miracle. It's when somebody gets the Holy ghost. I mean, the lame walk, the blind see, and I've seen those things, but someone receiving the Holy ghost for the very first time. My God. I, Come on, somebody! My God. Yes, yes. So that that, that that but you know I I, I I'll tell you. I mean, I, I literally, as I said, miracles are a way of life for a believer. If you pray and you seek God and you're talking to Jesus and you're reading His Word, miracles are a way of life. Yeah. I mean, there's big miracles, little miracles, but when it's you, it's a big miracle. Every one of them's lit big, right? Yeah. But I, I remember one time, you know, I, I started as a church plant. And, uh, you know, we've not had, you know, great revival. The Lord has not added to the church in large numbers. It's just been one at a time here and there and, you know, people moving away. It's just been hard to to kind of gain momentum. And, you know, that's all right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the Lord's. And the Lord, what the Lord has for me, he has for me. What he doesn't have for me, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I was praying three or four years ago, and I said, Lord, you've got you you got to help me. I gotta have somebody teach Bible study to. I gotta have some. I've gotta have someone that I'm working with. I'm gonna go crazy just. And so I prayed that, and like the next day, uh, I get a call. I get a, I get a call from uh, an area denominational pastor, and he invites me to go pr- to be at a prayer group with the area denominational pastors. Now I'm not a ecumenical fellow. I am Acts two thirty eight. Bless God, <laughs> baptize in Jesus' name. I'm one God, abstract tongue talking, holy road, born again, have bound believer, and liberated power. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Right? I, I, that's that's my heartbeat. I yeah. I believe this apostolic message. Yeah. And literally, when I got off the phone, I thought, I ain't got time for that. And I heard the Lord say, uh, what did you pray yesterday? Mm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that week, I went and was sitting at a, at a, that coffee shop in Raymond. And I was just sitting there reading my Bible, and an old man walked over to me. He said, we talked a little bit. He said, we have Bible study here on Tuesday mornings here at the coffee shop. You should come over and join us. And so for four years, I've been going to Bible study on Tuesday morning. Today, there were about 35 people there. We're reading the book of Acts. And uh, I've been going to the pastor's group prayer regular. I wouldn't say every week, but I go Tuesday. And, and, and the thing I'm pointing out is if— the Lord really does hear our prayers, yes. but he often answers us in ways we not, may not understand that's an answer. Because yes. sometimes we pray about things and nothing happens. That is an answer. Wow. It's either no or not now mm-hmm. or wait. And so, uh, you know, I, to me, mm. to me, that is just as a big an answer as since I may get the Holy Ghost. One of the things that I've taken so far, even just so far in our conversation that has left a, a mark in my mind is the uh, the concept of the normalcy of miracles. Oh, it is. Well, you you because can testify to that. Absolutely. You know that's true. Yeah. I think I think the greatest sin I have done to myself is I have forgotten. I neglected to write it down. Hmm. I mean, and, and and I and I remind myself, you know, you really should write this down. When I, we first came to Clinton, uh, we came to start a church, and I'm telling you, the number of miracles the Lord did in that first 12 months. We had our first service January the 11th of 2004. We had the plans on the wall of the building, and we had purchased the property before we had our first service. Bro, that didn't happen. I don't know that it's ever happened. But it happened for me. Wow. And we built a building in less than a year. Uh, there came a time when that building became a, it wasn't big enough, not enough room parking. And, you know, they have nowhere for the kids to play. Uh, uh, play. And this is this is a significant miracle. So about five years in, we you know, that's 20 parking spots. And I've seen where you had, like, everybody brings three cars. 
Right. You know, <laughs> you have 10 people in the house and 25 cars out there, right? I mean, it's amazing how many cars a few people can drive, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and I had tried, we'd bought property out on I 20 where Dayspring is. We owned that property before they did. Okay. And uh, we had the plans. We had been approved. Everything. The city had approved it. I had had the loan from the bank. And uh, the Lord just stopped it. And uh, the, the, basically, I had to sell my building first. And it's 07, 08. And, mm -hmm. you know, the whole world ended, right, <laughs> for some, some people. Mm -hmm. So our building was for sale, and it just wouldn't sell. So I took the sign down because I thought it was terrible. You know, you ain't going to get no guests with for sale sign out in front of the church. So the for sale sign had been down for six, eight, eight nine months. And I had been praying, and I said, Lord, I am, I'm done. I am not going to look for another building. I'm not going to try to sell this building. I said, if this building is what you have for me, I receive it, and I am not going to complain. I thank you for it. I'm done. So this is on a Saturday night. I am, I'm telling you, I'm dead serious here. So on that Sunday night, I had been invited to go to a church in Vicksburg, Solid Rock, Pastor Bill Talbert. Yeah. And he had the evangelist there with him. I had never met the man before. He didn't know me from Adam. So I get there early, walk in the pastor's office, we chit-chatting a little bit. And a little bit, he comes over to me. He said, the Lord is about to sell your building. And I look at him, I'm thinking, you know, I've been around a while. I've been told stuff. I don't just believe everything people prophesy to me. I'm kind of like, okay, if it happens, it's God. If it doesn't happen. You missed it. Well, this guy don't know me. There's no way he can know anything about my building. Yeah. So I hear oh, it, and and I literally, I just kind of put it on hold. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't even, I don't know that I, I was like, okay, well that'd be really cool. So the Monday morning, Tuesday morning, the next two days, I have four different people. I'm sitting in the church office. They knock on the door and say, "Is your building for sale? Can we rent your building?" At the same time, the building that we end up moving into about a mile down the road, again, I hadn't made no calls. This guy calls me. He's the realtor, and he's an alderman in Clinton, mm -hmm. and he owns this building. And he says to me, he says, Scott, I've got to sell my building. He said, I can make you a deal. So this happens the same week. And long story short, Jesus. in six weeks, we've sold that building, and we're in a new building. Jesus. And, it, and I'm telling I wasn't even praying about it. But it's it's miracles, and I, I mean, for me, I know what it was. The Lord was waiting for me to say, "I give up." So when it happened, it wouldn't be like you know, I was really That's slick. It. I was so <laughs> insightful. I've got such great wisdom, no. and the Lord like, let's, let's just wait, let's wait, let's wait, wait, let's wait. Yeah. And when it happened, it wasn't nothing but the Lord, nothing but God. And I I really believe that if we would learn how to just take our needs to the Lord, cast our cares on the Lord, pray for God's will, and ask for God's leading. The Lord will put us exactly where he wants us, and he will do what he needs to do. And we must just strive to try to participate with his purpose. My God. My Man, God. I feel the presence of the Lord. Lord. And every, every time we talk, we get here. You know, every time we talk. How good like... <laughs> and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It's, it's like the oil. Come yes, on, somebody. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we could, uh, we could, we could uh, talk about once a week and uh, not not run out of things to say. Uh, absolutely. So I mean, I mean, I want, I, mean, I, I want to tell a, a financial miracle. I, I yeah, was, yeah. I was uh, in Bible college. I had uh, let, I had, I had a, a successful business. I was twenty years old when I left Dallas, and I had a business that I sold to someone. It's called the Cutting Edge. And it was a lawn business. And I it's about fifteen hundred dollar a week business, which was a lot of money in nineteen ninety for a twenty year old. Yeah. <laughs> and I sold the business and the guys gave me some money and he sent me money every month. And he did that for a year and he did it. He he did he did what he was supposed to do. So I, I came to Mississippi and I thought I would, you know, I brought my equipment and I thought I would make money while I was going to college. Well, it didn't work. I mean, I just, I passed out flyers. I bought ads in the coffee news. I, I, pa I mean, I did everything. And I was, and I got a note from the, the dean or whoever come to the office. And I had a $800 bill that if I did not pay it, I'd have to go home. Mm. And I remember 
going to the prayer room saying, Lord, I have I have done everything I know to do. And I remember, I guess the Lord prompted it in my, in my heart to pray, and I said, Lord, I don't care if you just have somebody writing me out a check. I got to have this. Yeah. And as God is my witness, uh, one of the people that worked with me went to a lawyer's house and was cleaning because we were cut, cutting grass, cleaning houses, painting, doing landscape, and I mean, whatever we could do, right? Mm-hmm. I had some of the college students working for me. They went and uh, they wrote out a check to my company instead of $35. $835. And it wasn't nothing but the Lord. No one but God. And, and I really believe that when you really put God Jesus. first, the Lord will pay the bills. Mm. Oh, I got to tell you, this is my favorite mm. story. My favorite story. Uh, so I had a landscaping business, right? So uh, at some point, my, my when I was going to get married to my wife, you know, uh, contracting, you know, you make $1,000 this week, $200 one week, and yeah. you end up, you know, it's not a lot after yeah. six weeks sometimes when it's not thriving. Mm-hmm. And she said, I would rather you have a job going to work every day and you knew what you're going to make rather than work one week, be off a week. You know, I just, and so when we got married, I went to, uh, to work and just got a job, nine to five job. Mm-hmm. And, but I still had my equipment. It's kind of like my security blanket. And the Lord had been dealing with me like, you know, you still think you got this. Mm. So we had a missionary come through, and uh, he was taking up, he was doing a crusade in Nigeria, I think. And his vision was he was to have two big buses, and one of the buses they'd ride on, and the other bus, it would fold out into a stage. They'd have a printing press. They'd, they would uh, give out Bibles, and they'd have a print press, print tracks, and it was a, an amazing vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, he basically preached, give your your best things to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I remember the Lord laid on my heart. I went home. I got my best Bible. I got my best pair of shoes. I got my best suit. Uh, and, and we just bought a brand-new stereo. We brought our brand-new stereo, and I hooked up to my trailer, and I took it. And we gave all of that as a as an offering to this this mm-hmm. project. And uh, I remember, I mean, I just knew, I, I just you know, when you do what the Lord asks you to do, it's such a clean feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's the exact opposite when you don't do what the Lord That's wants right. you to do. It sits on your conscience. Oh, it was such a clean feeling. So, so this is probably nineteen ninety five, ninety four. Well, I, I get elected to to pastor my first church. I'm 27, just a just a whippersnapper. <laughs> and the previous pastor cut the grass. So the previous pastor's gone. The grass is growing. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go buy a mower. <laughs> so I drive to Sears, Sears uh, at Metro Center, and I buy a brand-new green Craftsman lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I have it in the back of my truck, and I pull up to the church and there is a neighbor that's behind the church and they really don't have a yard. It's actually like a garage he lives in. I mean, it's kind of poor situation, Mm. but he is, he's on the exact lawnmower at the churchyard cutting grass. Mm. So I get out and I say to him, I said, Bo, what are you doing? He said, well, brother Braniff is gone and somebody's got to cut the grass. So I decided I'd go buy a lawnmower. I'm going to cut the grass. (laughs) <laughs> I pastored there for six years. I was really longer, but uh, I was there for six years during that time. I never cut the grass at the church. Goodness gracious. And here's my revelation. If you give God your lawnmowers, he'll cut your grass. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's a miracle. Oh, man. That's and I had great. a man in the church came over. And and he cut my grass at my house every week, Goodness. and 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 that goes back to when I was a teenager at the church. I had two pastors, and I cut my pastor's yard and I cut the church yard every week. I, I had two pastors. I'd go both their houses, and I'd cut the church church grass, and I wouldn't let them pay me. And so that was just, and I would never ask any. I mean, never would I never ask him to cut my grass, wash my car. I'm, I'm like a non, not, I'm not that guy. Mm. But the Lord, Lord, you know, uh, you reap what you sow. Goodness, isn't that amazing? 
Give God your lawnmower. He'll cut your grass. Cut, I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, Lord, where can I take my lawnmower? Because I want you to cut my grass. That don't work for everybody. That worked for me because uh, I had, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, Pastor Scott, this has been so wonderful, man. I'm so thankful um, that you, you took out some time to talk with us. Yes. Um, I always appreciate the conversations we have. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful. Yes. Uh, grateful, grateful for you. Amen. Well, it's it's a blessing. I, 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 I truly appreciate your spirit. I can tell you've got a drive in you. You're trying to, I mean, you're you're maybe the most uh, motivated preacher I know in the area. Just that you have the, you're taking the initiative. You're trying to just try this, try this, try this, try this, and just making yourself available. I mean, the effort that you went through to to call me and drive over here and set up these mics. I mean, you got a passion for the Lord. You got a passion for the kingdom, and uh, you know I have no doubt the Lord. The Lord, this is a work of God in your life, and uh, no doubt there are probably times you probably get frustrated and think, man, this is. <laughs> You know, Lord, I, I really expected more from my effort. Uh, God is not mocked. He will repay. When it comes to the accounting books of God, he keeps perfect books. And he will owe no man nothing. And whether your payday is in this day or in the kingdom to come, God is going to bless you in ways that you have not anticipated he's going to do things for you that you have not prayed for and you're going to know i'm so glad i put god first thank you thank you and thank you to all the listeners who listened to this episode thank you for joining us and remember please share this please share this episode with somebody and remind someone that miracles are a way of life for believers god is our miracle worker so uh, we look forward to seeing you all next time. Share this episode and remind somebody else to join us next time on the Let's Testify podcast.